All right. We're live on the YouTube, people. Coronavirus Central here in Los Angeles. We are we are in lockdown over here, and I know many of you are in lockdown wherever you are, uh, you know, especially if you're in big cities, it seems like we're being locked down. But of course, this is not just a United States thing. Uh, India last night issued major lockdown orders. It's happening all over the world. Obviously, I don't have to explain again what's going on in China itself and what's going on in South Korea and Italy, especially uh, with with their elderly population. I mean, there, there's a lot of craziness going on. Uh, I did a live stream on Monday. Uh, and basically what I was trying to say to you guys is I'm really, really going to do my best not to add to the craziness right now. I'm really trying not to do it on Twitter. I'm trying to get out of the partisan nonsense and the rest of it. And I think all of us, uh, whether you work at home like I do normally, right, my studio is in my house, my crew comes here, my home is my office. We have several people that work here all the time. Um, whether you're someone that works at home all the time or you're somebody that's now working at home for the first time, or maybe you have a parent in your house, or maybe you have kids in the house for the first time while you're working, or the, the multitude of situations. I think we're all going through a truly shared experience like has not happened possibly ever before. Uh, well, for sure ever before because of the way we can now communicate this way, right, through the internet. Um, but this type of thing, there have been pandemics throughout time. There have been times when people have been quarantined. There's been times of of mass disease and sickness and death and all of those things. But we're in a particularly unique time when you add in the technological aspect of it and the rest. And then you throw social media on it and the way that everyone behaves and everything else. And I just feel like if I can do any minor thing to make everybody's uh, situation a little bit a little bit better at this time, it'll be that I'll try to add a little a little sanity right now. I'll try to add a little humor. You know, we've been doing a lot of interesting things. We're, we've been doing movies movies with the Ruben Report community, and we're going to do a, a dinner night where we all cook the same thing and chat and a whole bunch of other stuff. So what I'm doing for now on is every Monday and Wednesday at 8.45 a.m. Pacific, 11.45 a.m. Eastern, I'm bringing back the direct message. Many of you guys may remember that I used to do at the top of every show, I used to do a five-minute direct message. I would write it out usually the day before, and then I would read it directly off the, off the prompter here. And then when I started writing my book last year, uh, it just it just became impossible on top of touring and everything else. Like I just we just had to drop that. And it was really unfortunate because that was where I really got to share my thoughts in the cleanest, clearest possible way with you guys, as opposed to an interview when I'm focusing on someone else's thoughts, right? Somebody else's ideas. And I really miss that over the last you know year, year and a half or so. And now that the book's done, uh, and as most of you guys know, Don't Burn This Book comes out on April 28th. You can get it on Amazon and, and the rest of the stuff. Um, I thought we should be doing this now. So we're going to do it every Monday, every Wednesday. I'm going to take questions that you guys submit at rubenreport.com. We already got a whole bunch here. Um, and then we're going to consider doing a live Skype call-in show weekly as well. Um, there's some technical stuff we're working out. You know, the, the internet in LA right now is really, really terrible. So I hope the quality that you're seeing right now is pretty decent. We did this on Monday and it was all banged up. We've got some people here that are going to climb on the roof today and, and add some satellite stuff like we're, we're investing. By the way, I want to welcome our newest hire. We just hired uh, Michael Frank. He is our new associate producer. Uh, so we're, we're expanding here. We're trying to figure out how to get through the madness like everybody else. So uh, I just want to give you one direct point, and then I want to get to your questions. But before I do anything else, Clyde, Clyde, the people want to see you. I know the people want to see them. That's mostly why people have tuned in. Uh, in case you missed it the other day, come on, Clyde, what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, we adopted Clyde on Saturday. Uh, Clyde was, whoop, what are you doing, Clyde? What are you doing? 
um, what do they say about keeping a dog in the studio? Probably not the greatest idea in the world. Um, Clyde, what's up? Come here for one sec. I'm also wearing Clyde socks in honor of Clyde. That's Clyde the Glide, Drexler right there. And uh, all right, you'll come back when you want. In any event, uh, we adopted Clyde on Saturday. He was about to be put down, which is crazy. He's, he's just awesome, wonderful, amazing, loving dog. And, you know, all the shelters were closing and they're going to have to put down dogs. So we got Clyde and, uh, you know, we're doing all right over here. What are you, come on. No, you want to, you're camera shy right now? All right, he's camera shy. It's all good. So, um, so the main point that I want to make before I dive into, uh, into the questions today, my, my main direct message, and I know some of the questions are about this specifically, um, but I want to talk about this stimulus package a little bit uh, because there's a lot of weirdness out there right now. Uh, you see people that are generally, you know, libertarian-minded, classical liberal, small government people suddenly demanding the government do all sorts of crazy things. And then even now the government, I believe, should be doing something right now. We should not be um, doing something that is never going to end. We should not be giving universal basic income forever. We should not be just pumping money into things that we know don't need the money, which of course is what this entire bill is about. Um, so I, I thought I'd read to you a couple of the, the things that are in the bill uh, that are that are quite, quite curious. Uh, so first off, there, there's some good things, some bad things. And as I said, I believe the government has to do something temporary. And you know, I talk about this all the time. People always say to me, Dave, what is the difference between a libertarian and a classical liberal. And I would just say a classical liberal uh, is a little bit more of a realistic libertarian, where a, li a true libertarian that wouldn't want the state to do anything except protect property rights uh, and you know make sure we all have equal rights, which is which are both, by the way, very, uh, very lofty and wonderful goals. Uh, what, a, what a classical liberal would say is we do need some governmental guardrails, whether we like it or not. That, that's the position that I start all of these arguments from. So a couple of the things that are in the $2 trillion stimulus bill, there'll be two, uh, two direct payments, two rounds of it to taxpayers on April 6th and May 18th. That's, the, that's gonna cost $250 billion each. This info is from Axios, by the way. Uh, there'll be a $50 billion bailout for the airline industry. That's from Axios as well. Uh, and $150 billion to other industries affected, including hotels, casinos, cruise line operators, and shopping mall operators. Now. We can all debate. We can have this great debate, and we should have it, honestly, this great debate as to should we be bailing out giant companies like this or giving money directly to the people? Is there some version where we can do both of those things? But think about the airline industries right now, right? Like the idea of, okay, just let them fail. Just absolutely just let them crumble. Well, nobody's flying right now, right? Flights are at like 2% capacity. Flights are being canceled left and right. Um, if the airline industry absolutely collapses, we got a big problem on our hands. Now, I, I know what the truest free market people would say is, well, you just let it happen. And then eventually, when we get out of this mess, human ingenuity and competition and the marketplace and everything else will we'll sort of rejigger the economy so that we'll have new ways of thinking about all these things. I actually think that there's a lot of that. Um, but could the government do something to keep some of these businesses in place, right? Because you can't just, it's sort of like you can't go from something that basically works to absolutely nothing. And again, I get the libertarian argument here. Their argument is you got to let things, right? It's not as if the too big to fail thing worked, right? We, we pump money into banks because they were too big to fail and then we just made them bigger. So now we have even more reason not to let them fail. So these are all interesting arguments. By the way, you don't really hear any of these arguments on CNN or Fox or, or anywhere, do you? Or maybe on Fox, actually. Tucker's been talking about this. Um, but you're certainly not going to hear these arguments on MSNBC. What you're going to hear is, oh, 
the evil Republicans stopped the bill from passing Mitch McConnell's evil, even though uh, a couple of the things that have uh, that have popped into this thing, uh, Native American casinos have requested $18 billion uh, due to this whole thing. Uh, museums. Uh, did you see the tweet by Jerry Nadler, who's a congressman in New York? He wants to give $4 billion, that's billion with a B, he wants to give $4 billion to keep New York City museums open. Apparently, there's about 100 New York City museums. Most of them have huge endowments, by the way, and, and tons and tons of money that they are that are donated to them. But he thinks that because of coronavirus, to keep these business, these uh, not businesses, these nonprofit museums going, $4 billion. Does that seem of high priority? I love museums. Most of my, I have incredible childhood memories of going with my great grandma and my grandma and my great grandfather and my great, great aunt all the time. And I've since taken my nieces and nephews there. I've uh, gone by myself sometimes. I love the Museum of Natural History. I love museums in general. Love that big freaking whale. Everybody loves the whale. I love that gem room. Uh, but I don't think that right now, in light of economic collapse, worldwide pandemic and everything else, we should be worried about giving money to museums. We could close the museums, they're closed right now, close them for a while and then let's figure it out. But, but this is what the government does with everything. Oh, just pump more money into every, just keep taking money from the people. How about we just let the people have their money? I think you know what to do with your money. I, you wanna cut taxes for everybody so you have more money. You wanna do some things so that people have some, um, have some ability to pay their rent, pay their mortgages. You know what I mean? We're trying to figure out some things right now. I'll, I'll be totally honest with you guys. I always try to be. Um, you know, what, all of my employees, uh, my full-time employees are obviously, they're on contract. They're all being paid, although they're, nobody's here right now. Right now, we're not letting anybody into the house, hence why I'm doing this for my computer. But we have some contract employees. So for example, my, uh, my makeup girl, Alexis, who we love, who I've been working with for five plus years, uh, I obviously don't have makeup on right now. Um, and it's just because we don't want extra people coming in the house. Now that means she's not getting paid. Her other gigs, by the way, uh, are TV gigs that are, the shows aren't shooting. So she doesn't have that. So we're trying to figure out how we can help her in the short term, whether that's loans or, or whatever. Um, I, I actually think that that's how most of this should operate. Like we're, we're okay right now, as long as the internet keeps working, although we'll see how long that goes. Um, but these crazy things, Amtrak wants a billion. The, the same argument that I made about the planes, I think is relative. Uh, to Amtrak. It's like, what do we let these things collapse or not? I don't think we can let things fully collapse, uh, but we'll go from there. All right. So what I am going to do with these direct messages, I think I, I shared my general thoughts on the stimulus package. Hopefully they'll get some of the pork. Like this is why everyone hates politicians, Pelosi, Schumer, all of you guys. This is why everyone hates you, even in times of true crisis. This is when we need you, right? I want a government so small that you people should have nothing to do with my life or anyone else's life. But since we don't have exactly what I want, even though that's what the founders of the Constitution wanted, um, you guys at this very moment, if you can never be good, if you can never put the people's needs above your pet project needs, maybe this is the one time you should do it, right? Nancy, are you watching? Chuck, the rest of you. And by the way, this is a bipartisan thing. McConnell, whoever else. Put the people ahead of you right now. Strip all of the pork out of there. Strip the $4 billion for the museums. Oh, by the way, they put in a diversity and inclusion uh, initiative in there. So all of the, uh, someone's going to have to clarify the exact parts of this, but all of the institutions that take the stimulus money will have to have diversity and inclusion programs. I mean, the whole thing is 
bananas. It is absolutely bananas. This has nothing to do with helping people. On top of like the series of other idiotic things that you see politicians talking about, uh, AOC tweeted out this morning this thing about uh, we should be releasing prisoners from Rikers Island because some of the prisoners and staff have coronavirus and they're not six feet apart from each other. So we should release these people. Uh, decarcerel, I think decarcerate or something. She made up a word also. Uh, but release these people into the population. That makes sense. So forgetting that they're criminals, let's just put that aside. But potentially they also have coronavirus. What's the best thing we could do? Put them out. At the same time, while we've got you know, mayors of cities saying we're going to stop selling firearms to people. So let's have people stop being able to protect themselves and let's put more criminals out there who are potentially sick. You, you can't make this up. I mean, we're, we're in a clown show of epic proportions. Um, but I do think calmer heads can prevail as long as all of us keep talking. We got to keep doing this. You got to keep spreading your voice and, and fight fighting the power, man. All right. So I want to get to uh, to a couple of your questions. So when I when I do these direct messages every Monday, Wednesday, 8.45 a.m. And as I said, we're going to try to do some Skype calling shows with you guys as well. Uh, I'm taking questions only submitted at rubenreport.com. So you can create a free account, sign in, and then you basically pay what you want. And then we, I'll get to your questions. I just can't open this up to YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and everybody. It's just an insanity to fight through and the trolls and the bots. And we've we've built a really great community there that I think, uh, I think is really worthwhile in a time like this. So when I do these videos, um, I'm going to do them for about 20 minutes each. I've already gone about 14 minutes here, uh, but I'm going to try to do half direct message and then half get into your questions. So I want to get to some of your questions right now. Um, so let's see. Um, do you agree with James Lindsay that the social justice ideology is only going to continue to capitalize on the current pandemic and its effects? Or do you think it's being forced out by more practical concerns? So that's a great question. I'll try to do it pretty quick. What I would say is, you know, I tweeted at the beginning of the year that this is the year that social justice collapses. I don't think it can survive the weight of an election year and um, that all of us are finally waking up to it. Cancel culture. People are now fighting against it. I think what's happening right now is the average person, let's say you were, you're not like sort of where I'm guessing most of my audience is, which is you see cancel culture, you see social justice as, as the evil monster that it is. But let's say you've sort of been on the fence or not paying attention, or you were a little kind of like, what is that thing? Something ain't right. Um, I think now, because we have real problems now, that you're suddenly going to go, oh, the social justice stuff is all nonsense. Those are not real problems. Those are made up privileged problems. You have the privilege of having these idiotic social justice problems because you have it pretty damn good, right? Uh, now we have real problems and it's going to look pretty damn idiotic. Do you care what the color or gender or sex of the person who's going to solve the coronavirus problem is, or do you not? If you don't care what it is, then you're not, you don't care about social justice. Social justice. I don't care. If someone's got a good idea right now, got a good product, can help us in any way, I don't care what gender or sex or anything else they are, right? And I don't think you do either. So I think social justice in many ways will collapse on itself. However, I'm guessing James made this point. They always double down into themselves. So every time they lose or every time someone comes against them, they use that as more fuel to prove that they are right and the evil patriarchy is coming and everyone else is against them. So I don't think they will go quietly, but I think the average person, and by the way, this has been happening for a long time. The average person is waking up and realizing this is nonsense. Um, Jessica says, how did you and David pick Clyde's name? It, it was in honor of my favorite basketball player, Clyde the Glad Drexler right there. Uh, and we saw Clyde jumping around and he's smooth, man. This guy, this dog flies. Well, he glides. He glides. 
So Clyde the Glide, there you go. Um, let's see. Um, what do you, uh, this is Adrian, what do you miss most from the pre-coronavirus world? What do you miss most from the pre-coronavirus world? Well, I guess, I mean, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about is that, you know, there's this question that I think we're all subtly asking ourselves, even if we're not thinking about it that much. There's this question of like, are things ever going to get back to normal, right? And, and what is normal anymore, you know? Um, and I sort of, you know, I, normal ain't that bad. You know, we run around complaining about everything all the time. And, and this is an affliction of the West in many ways. We all complain about all this stuff while, while it's never been better. And capitalism has has brought more people out of poverty and all the goodness. And I'll give a shout out to uh, to Lucia, who's in the Rubin Report community. We did uh, we all watched Idiocracy the other day and we did a, did a giant Zoom chat. And I would love for more of you guys to be part of that. But we had dozens of people in there. It was great. We did a Zoom chat afterwards, all talking about the movie. And Lucia was talking, we also were talking about Corona, obviously. And Lucia was telling us how she's in Argentina and she watches Americans for the first time seeing shortages of paper towels and toilet paper. And she's like, boy, you guys don't know how good you have it. That happens all the time down here. So I think I think I miss a little of the normalcy, but what I'm hopeful for is I think a lot of this is gonna give us some good perspective on, on how we all wanna be. You know, like have, have enough supplies in your house. Understand that you have to protect yourself. Understand that, you know, the same people that are now demanding the government do everything are the same people who've been telling you that the guy in charge of government, Trump, is Hitler. It's like, well, maybe then you don't want to give the Hitler guy, although obviously I don't believe he's Hitler or anything even remotely close to that. And that's the worst sort of cultural appropriation, actually. Um, maybe you wouldn't want to give him so much power. So I think there's a unique opportunity to get people to really start thinking about what they truly believe. I know I've been doing it and I, I hope... And I think you guys have been doing it as well. Um, is it time to take Trump derangement syndrome more seriously? This is Truman. The media's dishonest coverage of those people talk, oh, oh, of the people taking the chloroquine phosphate fish tank cleaner will legitimately cause many people not to trust medical advice coming from the Corona task force. Yeah. So I'm sure most of you saw this, these, these two poor people, they heard something about chloroquine and then they ended up drinking fish tank cleaner. I have the exact stuff here for my beta fish. Um, and then everyone basically said, well, Trump killed these two people. And it's like, really, like you guys just couldn't possibly be worse. So your question is, should we take Trump derangement syndrome more seriously? I mean, look, I see this. The people that that endlessly, endlessly rail against Trump, it's like, we're all in this together right now. This guy is the pilot of the plane or the captain of the ship. And right now, I don't have Trump derangement syndrome. I think he's done a lot of good in a way. I think he's fought the media in a way, whatever. The guy's not perfect, blah, blah, blah. Um, I want this ship to be okay. I don't want to hit that freaking iceberg. And I don't think most people want to. So I think these people are becoming partisan and ridiculous and, and silly right now. The worst type of people right now are just the same old partisans. Like we've got to start thinking about things in a new way. Um, okay, uh, we're trying to keep these all to 20 minutes. So I'm going to just do one more, which is... Um, Oh, it's related to the format of everything I'm doing here. Uh, the question from uh, Ate is, will these be released as podcasts? Yes. So we're going to release all of these as audio podcasts as well. Uh, so in addition to the regular show, and this week I interviewed Dennis Miller, uh, which was really interesting and it was nice to get away from some of this stuff. We actually shot it right before the Corona stuff really exploded. So we didn't even get into that. We talked about comedy and he told me a great story about Sinatra at the end and a bunch of other stuff. But yes, we will release these as audio podcasts. And uh, okay, it's been 20 minutes. I hope this was just like a little bit of break of some sanity in your day. 
Um, please join us at rubenreport.com or you can search the iOS app, the Apple app, or in Google Play, Android, uh, in the Google Play store. Uh, we have a, we're building a great community. That's how I'm trying to communicate directly with you guys. It's just too much on, on Twitter and the YouTube comment section and everything else. Um, we're sharing recipes. We're sharing music. We're, we're talking to each other. We're debating politics. It's respectful. There's no trolls. It's all good, guys. Um, so I hope you're all well. I hope everybody's good. Uh, and, uh, you know, just stay safe, stay sane, follow the directions for now. And let's keep talking about this stuff and, and see what happens. All right. And remember, every Monday and Wednesday, 8.45 a.m. Uh, Pacific and 11.45 a.m. Eastern. And thank you, guys. And that's it.